Alrighty, so Sportsgasmic Pod coming up, obviously, here. Uh, it's a bit of a different Osomba pod today. Uh, you will notice I don't do any intro music or anything once this little intro finishes, just because it didn't, just didn't feel like the right tone. Uh, it is, this was a story behind this pod, basically. We, we organize these pods, like, in the couple of days beforehand, like, work out what rough times might work for us, and then the day, day before, me and Shay will text back and forth and say, okay, this... You know, do some time difference mathematics and say, all right, this time your time works. That works for me because then I'll wake up about quarter past six in the morning, jump on with you beforehand, like with Shay. Um, it's uh, late, mid to late afternoon for him, I think, and um, and we get on and record. Uh, when I set my alarm for about, I think, ten past six, just to let myself get up and get get my coffee and uh, make sure I'm awake to pod, it was about that time that Shay text had just happened to send a text through in those minutes before my alarm um, with some disbelief about... Kobe Bryant's possible passing at that point unconfirmed. Um, like we kind of texted back and forth a bit, just trying to like in a shock and um, and Vince also a member of the pod and hopefully we'll be doing one with him soon. Um, he also was texting me at the same time um, about it, and but we weren't sure what to do because obviously it was still it was still a little unconfirmed. Unfortunately, um, certain media outlets had ju- probably jumped at it a bit soon, uh, um, not allowing. The due process of uh, informing some family, uh, uh, you know, it's just not not the not the way it should ever happen. But um, that aside, not going to dwell on that. Uh, we were, and then yeah, no, there was some rep, more reputable sources came out with some, you know, that, that this has been confirmed to them by some sources, uh, you know. And once once certain there is certain outlets that you do trust. Once they're reporting that kind of news, uh, they don't do that without uh, confidence, especially with something as as major as a guy like Kobe uh, passing, so uh, we we decided to go ahead with the pod. But obviously, uh, this was very uh, soon after it was quite raw with us, um, and so it's I think it was recording half hour forty minutes after it broke. So we were really just freewheeling and just talking about Kobe, talking about his legacy, what he means to us, and uh, just how how un- sad. And tragic it was, um, you know, there was nothing more, more that we could do apart from that. Um, another note, uh, Gianna, the news that Gianna was also on the helicopter broke, I think kind of 10, 15 minutes before we finished recording. So it was on the ESPN ticker in my background. Uh, we were uh, had moved on to some Super Bowl or and by the maybe baseball chat. When that came, I I didn't feel right jumping in with it at the time. Uh I wasn't sure if like I wanted to I didn't I wanted to Google and make sure that it was true, you know, it was coming up on a ticker and uh I trust the ESPN ticker reasonably, but and again again, um we are, we do know some things do jump too soon. Uh I thought it was probably unfortunately true because I we knew that they were heading to a game and whatever, so but I just it didn't feel right jumping in then, um, without uh knowing for sure. And just and breaking into what we were trying to do, which is do some um, regular chat as well. Um, you know, we'll probably articulate a bit more about Kobe in the coming week or two uh, on the pod um, as we've had time to digest it. But it didn't feel right to jump in with that one then without knowing. So, unfortunately, yeah, along with Kobe, Gianna Bryant, his budding superstar daughter, who was going to carry on his legacy, is very proud of that. Um, the fact that she was um, he was such a supporter of women's sports and. You know, he, there's some good video going around now. Um, you know, some callback to, I think it was on Jimmy Kim uh, on what some late night show um, that you know he has people come up to him and say, "When are you gonna have a boy to carry on the legacy?" And you know, Gianna was like, "I've got this, I've got this." And um, you know, tragically, she's passed, but she certainly did have it. So um, alongside them, obviously, there was uh, seven other equally tragic deaths on the on the flight. Um, John Kerry. And Alyssa Altabelli, um, a highly respected baseball coach, John, for many years, uh, Orange Coast College. Um, and Alyssa was uh, uh, playing as well, um, playing basketball as well. And she had dreams of apparently playing at the University of Oregon, um, which uh, as, uh, the Altabellis do have a connection to with their son who uh, played baseball there. Um, so, the, yeah, tragic that that family has been broken apart as well by this tragedy. Um, another family, Sarah and Peyton Chester, were on the flight. Um uh, Peyton as well, a basketball player for uh, Kobe's team. Uh, so yeah, there's just so many families affected by this, as well as Christina Mauser, who was a coach. Um, and apparently um, Brian, Kobe had a lot of respect for her and what she did for the team. 
um, you know, she's she passed on the flight as well. And of course, the pilot, Ara Zobayan, who, um, Ara Zobayan, I hope I'm, the pronunciations, I apologize for the wrong. Um, obviously, tragic that he has passed away doing what he loved to do as well. So, um, just a tra- one of those senseless tragedies that doesn't make any sense. Um, we can't, we, you know, people can uh, say what they want with uh, about tragedies and what they mean. Uh, things like this uh, don't have any rhyme or reason to them. They're just uh, unfortunate parts of life that shouldn't happen. They do happen. And we all, uh, just in, and all of us that are left behind, are just uh, incredibly saddened by it. Uh, Obviously, Kobe's the reason so much of the world is mourning Kobe, though, is because he meant so much to all of us as sports fans. Even some people that weren't basketball fans uh, know of him so well because of just how he transcended just basketball, but culture. And um, he was an Academy Award winner uh, and, you know, shoes and clothing and everything. And, and just even him as a person, um, his unique personality he had touched so many uh, people and and affected us in ways that we probably didn't realize, even myself. Um, you know, we're all grieving and upset by this and and you know we don't none of us a lot of us who are didn't know him personally don't have any connection to any we don't you know six degrees of separation or everyone not even close but uh he touched so many of our lives in that sense that both just the just the emotion of watching someone do so well it's something that they they drive to and and his drive to be a, the greatest um was uh, you know was was obviously um, maybe only equaled by the guy likes of Jordan and LeBron, um, and I say equaled, not not better, because I I don't think you can actually say there was anyone with better drive than Kobe, just as you can't say there's anyone with better drive than maybe Jordan or LeBron as well. But he was equals with the greats, um, and you can make you. It's not the right time, and I don't think you can ever argue who's the greatest. Sometimes, but he was his drive and what he did. On the basketball court and how he left his mark on the game is um, will be forever untouched and and we're all just yeah just still trying to work through it but yeah we'll go on with the podcast here and and yeah you'll uh, yeah no there's no music intro here it'll just uh, there'll be a slight pause uh, just a quick note I'll, I've got Kobe's um, last game the speech after his last game just at the end of this pod in the place of the music so if you feel like listening to that again just stick around after we we finish chatting. And uh, there'll be some written stuff coming up on the website as well, so sportscasting.com, um, just some stuff. And yeah, let's just let's just get into the pod. Alrighty, Sportscasting Pod is back this week with Shay again. Um, I don't think he's smashing as many beers this week. Um. No, after <laughs> back in school, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking looking very very uh, professional at the moment. Um, oh, really? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm I'm like i've got all the hair spilling out the back and unkempt beard so by comparison oh, yeah. you just look like a it's just a professional <laughs> sports journalist which is what you are at this point so <laughs> uh yeah my hair i put on a beanie to go get beer so uh definitely a professional journalist <laughs> and this is just how it came out i guess so <laughs> um i do look like kind of like a choir boy right now that's not good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a good, I guess a bit of a sad start to the pod today. You, uh, I woke up like what forty minutes ago to a text from you that was report <laughs> the first report I had about um, Kobe Bryant sadly passing away in a hel- right. in a helicopter crash. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's been about an hour now um, that it first came out. I was actually watching a a break of cards on YouTube and saw in the comments and like people are always joking around about that stuff in the comments on YouTube, but people kept talking about it and Mm. I jumped over and it took a while for ESPN, CNN, um, CNN even reported that there was a helicopter crash where five people died um, before they could confirm Kobe. So Mm. it was this thing where it's like, well, Kobe might've been aboard. We don't, no one was confirming it, but then kind of like we talked about off air. Uh, once you told me Woj confirmed it, because I was on the phone with my dad. Uh, once you told me that, it was like, well, Woj doesn't get anything wrong. So, yeah, it's a really sad day. I, I you know, I think I'm at a loss for words at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think I texted you and said, wait, what do we do? Do we? Because we were literally <laughs> planning to pod anyway, so we were just. That's why I was waking yeah. up, and we were going to be jumping on and doing this anyway. I was like, I, my brain was just fried because of just that news waking up to that isn't like it, it's always when these things happen is because they're so unexpected that you just don't know how to deal with it and yeah it's just sad for 
you know, we're NBA fans and this guy's been like defined a generation of NBA fans, like the real, the 21st century NBA. He was the first superstar of it. Obviously, Jordan crossed over into it, but he was um, not the same Jordan. <laughs> LeBron uh, started in 03, so, he, you know, he was around, but, you know, Kobe mm-hmm. was Kobe was winning championships at the start of this this millennium, this century. and and He won in 09, I think, so, yeah. I mean... So, like yeah, no, the first decade, the first decade was pretty much five championships with Kobe in there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and I saw someone tweet on Twitter. I, I forget who it was, so apologies if they happen to be one of the few listeners and hear this. But he said that like you know, there's just millions and millions of people around the world that um, shoot paper at trash cans and say Kobe still, and yeah, probably right. and always yeah. will. Um, I don't know why his name's just synonymous with that kind of, and that's what the fandom about Kobe. Fadeaway jumper, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> like his fandom. It was because he's such an exciting player, and everyone wanted to watch Kobe play and shoot. And you know, he's defined, de- really defined the generation of fans. Uh, LeBron certainly, Definitely. LeBron certainly has as well. But I think Kobe was the first true superstar post Jordan, um, and still is. It's him and LeBron really are the first, the two superstars that have been. Career, career and generation defining beyond Jordan, I think. I don't think, and you know, we can talk about the Hardens and the Curry. And Curry might be the first one since, but then Curry's not quite there. Like, just not, not even in the same stratosphere as Kobe and LeBron. And yeah, I think yeah. Kobe certainly has a unique part of the NBA, NBA history, and just how how much he defined it. It is, yeah. I mean, especially for our generation, I think. Um, since we were before LeBron, like we had a, a, a good understanding of the NBA with Shaq and Kobe. Um, Tim Duncan um, was when I was, kind of, but I had a Kobe Bryant eight jersey. I mean, I made jokes about it in the past on this podcast, which um, luckily I think those files were uh, erased a long time ago, but whatever. <laughs> I had a Kobe Bryant number eight jersey when I was like nine years old. Yeah. I mean, like, so that guy has been part of my life for 21 years. I bet. I bet six packs uh, with my Lakers friends against him forever. And I've rooted for him and I've rooted against him. And it it was just, this, he's a very complex character, but he just, I don't know. He kind of symbolized a time in the NBA and he always will. And right now it's just kind of hard to wrap your head around it. And especially with the family stuff, um, he had four girls, which, you know, everybody needs a father. And, you know, you can say that he has had a checkered past, a complicated past, but right now it's like you have to think about his family. And if you're bringing that up right away after someone dies, then I don't know. You just, you have to separate the man sometimes, especially on a day that he passed tragically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. Like there'll be there'll be some people out there saying some things. Uh, but, yeah, there's a man with a, some daughters and a wife that um, all seem just, you know, it was a very close family, and mm-hmm. and yeah, it's uh, yeah, those those guys are going to be hurt, and obviously, um, that's an understatement, really. Uh, it's far too soon, and it's a guy that was just really cracking into a. He'd already cracked into this new phase of his career. He's such a. I don't know how to explain his mind. It was Kobe. It was Kobe because it was the only person that could have quite the mind he did for creativity and, and thinking outside the box he'd, he'd won an Oscar already for it like he's a fucking Oscar winner right. as well as a five time NBA yeah. champion <laughs> yeah. um, uh, for his short film and like yeah so and he was doing all these different things creatively creatively and really we were just getting to scratching the surface of what he might have been capable of in the industry as a creative force so you know that's that's another just another part of the loss that we're all going to be feeling now is that you know what what could have been as as we do with all the you know youthful talents that are taken too soon you know Amy Winehouse James Dean all right. these guys all these guys in the past that we've lost too soon um, and Kobe you know he lived to forty one but you know he, that was his basketball career up until you know, a couple of years ago and now we've yeah really we're gonna miss out on what could have just been a great career uh, outside of basketball mm. as well so I uh, yeah. I, Think I was just thinking about like that that sixty one point game that broke the internet like his, his right. last game his last game yeah um, I mean it was the 80, 80 point game as well but right yeah, that that moment was probably the one that I just remember that's you remember moments where you've 
things are happening and you can just remember, I mean, especially in this current time, you remember just texting your friends. I remember talking to you, uh, Vince, who's, who's texted this morning saying similar things, how tragic this is, but, and right. it's just all, everyone, I don't, I wasn't even watching the game because I was working, um, Kobe's last game, but I just remember being on my phone for the rest of the whole time. So I wasn't really working that hard, surely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> and right. just everyone being like, what's happening? What's happening? Kobe's going off. Kobe's going off. And I just remember this moment that everyone just came together as an NBA fan base. Like we've all rooted against Kobe at some point, especially um, uh, oh, people yeah. as, as Blazers fans and, and whatnot. It was one of the most fun things to turn on when, when your team was playing the Lakers to see if you, you know, especially the Lakers in their pomp with Kobe and, um, whether it be Kobe and Shaq or Kobe and Gasol and all those in the later years um, when they were winning a couple more, uh, it was the most fun to root against Kobe and the Lakers. And if your team could get a win against that team, then it felt it was kind of like getting a regular season win against Manchester United back in the day. Because uh, you just always, yeah. no matter how good your team was going, even if there were no real chance of winning anything in the postseason or, or just in championship-wise, beating Kobe and the Lakers was such a stamp in your own little own little mind to make, yeah. get yourself through as a fan. So, but yet his last game, we all came together and everyone was just like, just it was like a celebration of basketball. Um, mm-hmm. And it couldn't have ended any other way for Kobe in, in his basketball career. Then, right. and obviously he would have liked to be in, in the playoffs, I guess, but it wasn't. But his last game was a game that more people remember than a lot of a lot of playoff games, a lot of NBA championship winning games. You know, you can go go back through and think about, oh, yeah, remember that team winning the championship? Don't remember how it was done exactly, maybe, you know, once 10, 20 years passed. But right. um, 40, 50 years down the track, we'll all still be talking about Kobe's last game. So, Right, yeah. and not everybody gets those games. Um, you know, Tom Brady, uh, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I mean, right now it's being talked about like he might not play in New England next year, even mm-hmm. if he does play in New England next year, how good are they going to be? And like, is his last game going to be him throwing, you know, six touchdown passes? Cause that's basically what happened with Kobe. Yeah. I mean, Brady would also probably have to throw like three picks to do that because Kobe did take like 50 shots in that game. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like not every great athlete gets that moment and Kobe, that's what made Kobe Kobe. He knew the moment and he, like I expect LeBron to do something similar. Um, mm-hmm. he knew the moment and he, he knew the moment was about him and he put on a show for us. So that's the last memory we have of Kobe on the floor. But as you said, he, he was entering the second act of his life, which, you know, for a lot of us, that's a huge thing. Like that's where you actually really end up successful. Your first act is building up to success, but he was already successful. So it was going to be really exciting to see what he was doing. And he, he did really seem like a great dad. Um, I mean, I'm just judging off like the gifts and clips I've seen of him talking to his daughter's courtside, but he just he, they just seemed to really love each other as a family. And um, I think he was going to be a great ambassador for the game. You know, he was at, he was courtside a lot. He was making his presence known there. So it, he was. I mean, he was talking shit to Luca earlier this year in Luca's native language. Yeah, that like, was. <laughs> Like, we're just losing just such an interesting mind um, beyond all of his accolades. It's, you know, I, I told you before the, the pod uh, that this wasn't going to make me cry, but it does bring tears to your eyes a little bit once you kind of lay it all out there. Yeah, when I'm you... also an emotional drinker, and I've had half a yingling, so <laughs> I'm a leaky flosset right now. <laughs> yeah, I just gotta, I've got to... Well, I'm just drinking a Red Bull, and I've still got a tear in my eye because it's just... It is just, yeah, you, you think once you put, especially with people like us that have the ability to have basic empathy when you think about, you know, the, the family that's left behind and whatnot. But yeah, it's unreal. That Luca moment was, yeah, it was Luca just turned around and was like, who's this guy speaking Slovenian? And it's just yeah. Kobe because Kobe would learn the languages of the of the teammates that he was with. You know, he'd learn Spanish. Yeah, like learn, Lottie or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he just, and when you think about the kind of mind that can go shoot, 500 shots at 4 a.m. in the morning and then go learn another language and and do all those things you know you're dealing with a special mind there you know um because just to take on all that basketball knowledge and how he had to, his basketball career on its own that's like that would be a full um i can't even imagine taking 500 shots like because i think that was there was four or 500 shots to to actually make let alone miss yeah so yeah um, that would take me about two days, um, and that's being generous to myself. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely so, for me. Um, 
So for him to do all that yeah. and then learn languages and, and be the, the kind of teammate he was to, you know, some people might say he wasn't the best teammate, but he, he certainly um, made an effort with the guys around him to to be a part like be a part of their lives and whatever. So yeah, he was um he was driven and he was yeah, such a great part of the NBA and he's going to be he's going to be missed cuz yeah, his uh presence as an NBA ambassador um you know, he's tweeting just probably within the last day about, you know, congratulations to LeBron, which considering the rivalry that not necessarily they had directly, I think it was more fans had the Kobe versus LeBron rivalry. Um Especially definitely and especially with the Lakers. Yeah. Once LeBron became a Laker, but yeah, I still um, know I think, some Lakers fans that don't like it. He's a he's a Laker, and it's, yeah. Yeah, I think that might be over now with the passing. I mm. think I don't know if anybody could ruin it. It'd be Lakers fans, but probably that's probably not what we should be talking about. But yeah, I think they'll hopefully now like realize how like kind of trite that is to do that to, for two of the greatest players of all time to really stack them head to head just because they played for your favorite team at yeah. different times. So, and the Lakers are the favorite to win. And so it, this year, and if LeBron wins this year, the Lakers fans will love him like they love Kobe. Yeah. So, and you yeah. know, there'll be, there's a part of it. I mean, not that I ever want the Lakers to win, but it would be a crazy season if um this happened and then LeBron could lead into a championship. It would, uh, be pretty a pretty special night i can imagine but that's uh that's to come in the future because we're not even quite at the all-star break yet so yeah but right uh i guess we'll um go on almost 15 minutes on this and we don't want to uh i'm sure um as the next weeks go on we'll find out more about you know just what happened as far as the crash goes but since we were potting this morning anyway and it happened literally right before we were potting we just wanted to say you know just say our respects to kobe as one of the the greatest players I have ever seen and probably will ever see. He's, he's yeah. Unique. Yeah. Uh, we would have been remiss to not talk about it. Obviously it's what's dominated. Like I basically live on Pluto out here in Wallingford. Don't <laughs> talk to very many people. Like um, all my friends are busy. I'm busy. So I don't really talk that much to people. My phone blew up today and like, non-stop and it's uh, a credit to how big of a personality and player Kobe was so would have been I think it was important for us to talk about it obviously yeah so he trans he's, he's one of those few that transcend sports because even people that don't know much about basketball know who Kobe is um the last note actually is the amount of kids so I work in a bowling alley in, in my real job um the amount of kids between the age of I don't know four through 15 that come through that are named Kobe in Australia and I look at the parents and I know that the, I can just see the dad I'm like that looks like the kind of guy who's a basketball fan loves the name has said this is the name that we're gonna name that kid so you know that's just the legacy right there is like I I don't think there was that many kids being named Kobe before his but that's no he was the first Kobe man yeah like I mean his dad was named Jelly Bean though so well that was his <laughs> nickname but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, anything we're going to talk about now is going to feel, you know, not very important. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> you got to press on, I guess. Nothing yeah, well, I think if there's anyone that would say that, you know, sports is going to go on, um, Kobe would be the one doing it. So, definitely, yeah, he'd be, you know, not that I'm religious or spiritual or anything like that. But, you know, the, the old thing is like he would be up there saying, no, keep playing. So, you know, we'll keep, yeah, I mean, we'll keep podcasting. <laughs> His, well, his last tweet last night, I mean, it's kind of sad, but continuing to move the game forward at King James, much respect, much respect, my brother. Yeah. Like, that's a fitting, that's a fitting tweet to end it. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what, he, like, that's why he was going to be such a great ambassador for the league and for the the upcoming players. And so many of the kids in the league now looked up to him, um, like we all kind of did. So, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, so what else is happening in sports then? <laughs> so, there's no way there's no way to segue out of that. Um we so the the big one that's coming up in uh well this time in a week actually. I think we'll be a few hours away from the Super Bowl tipping off. Uh it's a Monday morning here. Um it'll be a Sunday the usual Sunday time slot for you. I'll be having yeah, I'll be having 6:30. I will be having my 9 9 a.m. beers as per usual on Super Bowl day. <laughs> It's, a, it's <laughs> yeah. just a day that it's a day that in Australia you just write off. Um, I I take I I just confirmed that I have the day off yesterday with my 
with my boss slash my old man because he said, oh, well, he, he's just like, yeah, sure, you can have a Monday off because that's a quiet day for us. And I said it's Super Bowl and he just kind of just rolled his eyes like, oh, crap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got the Super Bowl coming up. Um, interesting one for me for the first time in a few years. I'm going to be a neutral party, which is actually kind of <laughs> kind of refreshing. I'm, I can relax for once on Super Bowl day, which will, which will be nice. Yeah. I guess the Patriots have been in that many lately. Four, <laughs> out, of the, four out of the last five. So, yeah, yeah. I kind of miss it. But, I mean, I'm not a neutral on this one. I am rooting for Kansas City, but I honestly have no idea what to expect in it just because of the uncertainties of what Jimmy G can do if he's really pressed, but also is the Chiefs' defense good enough to really press him? So I know the Chiefs will be able to score points. Mm-hmm. Um I think the Niners will be able to score points too, but outside of that, <laughs> I do think it's a toss-up right now. Um, train agrees. Um, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's like being away from football for a week, you like don't even really think about it anymore. I mean, the Niners look so dominant in that game against Green Bay, but how good was Green Bay really? So. I saw a lot of people say that Green Bay were a, uh, a you know a nine and nine and seventeen dressed up as a twelve or whatever their record ended up thirteen being. and three. Yeah. yeah, they they had some bad losses this year. Green Bay, like when they got smoked, including to the Niners. Yeah, yeah they got <laughs> they got smoked at home, I think, by uh, by Philly, who were um, a team mm. that were up and down all year as well and weren't really that great. Um, and they had some close, they had some close wins and uh, and certainly some big mm. moments in the Packers, but. Uh, they were a team that went every time they kept on winning and their record kept on improving. Uh, I still, I just didn't. I never believed in the pack. I never thought the Packers were going to be close to a Super Bowl team, um, and the Niners kind of showed that um, in in beating them as well as they did. And the Niners certainly have been a team that all year we I kept on waiting for them to have because they've they've had some good wins, but they keep just grinding. They're just so solid all over the um, all over the field that it's just like. I'm not surprised they're there, but at the same time, I never believed in them being a team that could make the Super Bowl until they made the Super Bowl, if that made sense. You're always, yeah, especially absolutely. when you had like the Seahawks went on the little run for a while, and you're just always expecting one of these teams that had like, the, you know, Russell Wilson or whoever to to be there instead. But um, but the 49ers just kept on doing what they did. And, you know, what I think Jimmy only passed, only had eight completions last week. Like, there is the talk about, is he just a handoff quarterback? But. He certainly can sling the ball, but they they're leaning on their strengths, which is which is smart football. Definitely, they have a great run game, and I don't. I mean, the Chiefs did lock down Derrick Henry, who seemed like an unstoppable force at the moment. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll be able to scheme up and stop the run attack for the Forty ers The thing is, the Niners do it so much differently than Derrick Henry and the Titans. Uh, Henry was just you know line up, you're not going to be able to tackle me. We're going to run it straight at you. And I'm going to get five yards every time, and then I'm going to break off 30 yarders because I'm giant. When I get through this first level of defense, I'm going to be able to do that. With the Niners, it's a system running game where it's just you don't know where the ball is going, and they have so many athletes who can gash you for eight to ten yards every time they get it. And because of the scheme, there's so much open space. So what's really going to need to happen for the Chiefs to be able to shut them down like they shut down Henry is – you know, cover the entire field, cover the flats, which is where the uh, Packers seem to be getting gashed, at least running to the outside, seem to gash them every single time. Mm. And I think the Chiefs are going to have to force them to pass and make sure Jimmy G can pass, I guess. I, th- I think he can sling it, but he is he does throw a couple passes to the other team every game, it mm-hmm. seems like. They don't always get picked. But they're they should be picked, you know. But it's like a linebacker who's like jumping up for a ball and it hits him in the hands where it should have been picked. So force him to throw, get the turnovers. Um, I think that's the key. I just think I mean I guess the more interesting aspect of the game is what an unstoppable offense like the Chiefs have against maybe the best defense in the league with the 49ers. I don't know what, what to expect there. Yeah, I mean that's a that's probably what's uh, so intriguing about this matchup is you have a Chiefs team that um, I mean in the first what three four weeks of the season we kept them talking about them being a video game cheat code and then they kind of fell away a little bit you know Mahomes had his little knee injury he was out for a few weeks and 
and they fell back to the pack and, you know, we were all ready to give Mahomes the MVP in the first four weeks and then now I I don't even know who's going to get it anymore. I guess Lamar might. Lamar will probably yeah, still get it. But they, but... They're, they're, they're soured by uh, – I'm just trying to get the – I'm trying to get my betting app open so I can see what the odds are for this <laughs> game actually, but it is not recognizing my face. So, fuck you, Tech. Oh, um, that wasn't you, dude. Yeah, I'm getting my, a new phone tomorrow. I've got, yeah, I've got the, the Face ID one, which is fine. It's just if you're not looking at it straight away, then it's just like, yeah. I'm just not going to even do that for it. But. <laughs> it's, it's way too, it's actually way too convenient. I love it. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, the, the intriguing part of the matchup is you do have this team that's been uh, very much, you know, solid defense. Uh, the you know, 49ers have kind of been that classic 49ers team with the, the you know, leaning on the run game and, and, but it got the de- the defense to back it up. But then the Chiefs, uh, this new new age of football kind of team, with this quarterback that can make plays happen that you never thought were possible. And uh, and but they're not they not super solid defensively all the time. Like they had some high, they had some kind of thirty five twenty eight kind of wins against teams that you would have thought they'd be smoking a bit bit easier this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it'll be. They did. Mahomes was hurt early on though, and like, yeah, uh, it's just yeah, is tough. And I have to say, like, if the the Chiefs have kind of they had that good start to the year, then they, they had the little blip with the injuries and whatever. But they've come back into it, like, you know, Kelsey. I think is fine. Like he he got rat- rattled around a little bit in the playoffs, but he's he's fine. He's he's an X factor in this one too because he's Gronkowski esque in how he can he can break off from the break off from the defense and, and make catches and and hold you know just stiff arm and guy. And he he's got that that X factor in him that he's not just he's not just your average kind of tight end kind of player he's like a super, right. he's a special special talent that um Holmes has a connection with kind of like Brady used to with Gronk as well um which yeah. would be super important to them because that's the kind of one that you can sometimes when the the defense is doing everything doing everything right and the guy can still make a play that's the x factor x factor kind of guys that you're gonna need in a Super Bowl game and they'll probably need that one one or two big catches you know Brady to Gronk last year was that one big catch that broke open the game um, in a tight game, and that's might be what what breaks it open for the Chiefs. And then and then the Forty ers have it with Kittle as well. Like there's two two big, right. big X factors from on either side of the ball there, and it'll be who who can make the play more. And I, I trust Mahomes more than I trust Jimmy. But then then again, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy's come, came to a bad Forty ers team over the last two years of, um, and it's not just him, but they've they're in a, in the Super Bowl now, so you can't, can't mm. we can't completely just slam Jimmy. And I certainly right. I certainly watched him play some good football when Brady was suspended a few years ago as a Patriot. He does so. have two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think that Mahomes' mobility might be a problem for the Niners as well. Um, you know, facing Rodgers, who is somewhat mobile, but obviously not as mobile as Mahomes these days. Um, and Kirk Cousins in the playoffs, you know, those are two pretty much pocket passers at this point that don't ex- can't extend the play like Mahomes can. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahomes was killing the Titans on that in the AFC Championship game. You know, when everything when they lay a blanket out there and drop eight guys or whatever, and a QB spy, you would still get ten yards on the ground and not get touched. Like that'll be a big factor, I think. Um, because that's going to be the Chiefs' best chance to run the ball, I, I guess, against the Niners, I think, with that defensive line. So you kind of have to get them spread out. Spread out the line, get around it, see how that works. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think this is going to be – this is one of the more toss-ups, toss-up-y Super Bowls of recent memory. Um, even though the Eagles did beat the Pats, I think everybody expected the Pats to roll in that one. Yeah, that was certainly kind of the same with the Falcons one as well. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those games that going into it that's a lot more up in the air. Whereas the Pats, the Pats turned Super Bowls. I think it was just because it's the aura of the Pats is like they they were just favored until they're not. So, um, and then we certainly got some all time great Super Bowls out of those those few years. But yeah, probably not since um, I reckon Baltimore. 49ers as well that one yeah was, i remember going into that one not sure what was going to happen and that one turned into a crazy game with the lights going out and the 49ers storm, right. storming back and i still think they probably should have won that game but um, yeah there's a missed pass interference yeah, call there yeah. again but um yeah it, i just think it's a cool super bowl because it's like the first time we're dealing with like not a big ben a 
Peyton Manning, a Tom Brady um, type team that has won before playing in it. Both these teams would be like if they won, it would be a huge deal because, you know, the Chiefs haven't won. The Chiefs haven't even been there in 50 years and uh, the Niners haven't won since I was like five. So, (laughs) like. It, it, I just like having Super Bowls like that, and like yeah, two, I two old like, school franchises is a, always you know forty nine. That's are, nice, yeah. yeah. Two AFL, well, maybe the Niners. I don't, I don't remember, but <laughs> yeah, the Niners were really bad for a long time. So uh, when they started, so that's cool. Yeah, um, just excited to, and it's cool to have two young guys playing court. Usually, it's a grizzled veteran, you know, Tom Brady. Even when Russell West, Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson was in it. It's like this young guy against the grizzled vet who's been to all these Super Bowls and stuff. Now it's just kind of like two guys. It's who it's like, and Jimmy G's been to Super Bowls, I guess. But yeah, he was <laughs> what a... he can do. <laughs> he was good. Two guys who are, aren't used to the um of the big game, I guess. Yet, because yeah. I don't know what the biggest game Jimmy G ever played in at Delaware or wherever or Eastern wherever he went, <laughs> Eastern Illinois. Or wherever, um, but Patrick Mahomes hasn't played in very big games either. You know, at Texas Tech, so it's just kind of it'll be fun to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see happen. how that experience because Mahomes. Uh, the one thing Mahomes does have over Jimmy is that um, I mean, Jimmy was there for all these things, but he didn't actually play in them. So mentally, that's probably a completely different preparation. I'm sure. Sure, I assume he prepared pretty well for those Super Bowls. In case you know, you never know when Brady could have had done his knee in one of those games and he would have been in. So yeah. he certainly was preparing, but he's now he's now the guy. Um, whereas, you know, Mahomes at least has, you know, he he was in a big, you know, AFC championship last year that they lost to the Pats. And so he's been... That's is, true. That was the biggest game. Yeah. And it wasn't his fault that they lost, certainly. So. Yeah, yeah. And so he's been to a... He's gone through this twice now. Obviously, the Super Bowl's for the first time, but he's gone through two big playoff campaigns. Um that ended that that were successful in a way you know last year losing to the Pats is no in a big in a close game uh, I think it was overtime as well so you know he did everything he could you know defense has to do with the job at some point as well so but they, so I think he's probably the one that's going in there probably a little bit more prepared because he he seemed to take that on board last year and then obviously rolled into this year and has had a great year again so and he just seems like the kind of character that doesn't get shaken like that he does seem a very cool guy i don't know and jimmy seems to he's playing with a lot of confidence right now yeah 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 so i think if the chiefs can get an early lead and then you're forcing jimmy to throw a lot more than you know 10 times um then the more the more he throws the more chances he's going to have some of those throws to the other team because it's Mm -hmm. just you know that's just probability at this point so i think that would be the key to the chiefs um as far as the key to the Niners stopping Mahomes, I just think it's keep him off you know, the field. <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah. and, and you can do that with that run game. So yeah. and that defense, um, if they keep, can keep him to three and outs, so yeah, it should be fun. I mean, I know it's a week away, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still excited. Yeah, I mean that'll probably be the key to it is which team can dictate how the how the game is played, which is it's just football anyway. But in, in particular, with the two. Uh, opposing styles you know the 49ers will be wanting to stay on the keep the you know slow the game down keep it on the field and like keep themselves on the field and, and grind down and, and get the points that way whereas you know the Chiefs are happy to score quickly they're happy to and like if they if that's how they're dictating the pace and you know and cruising down the field like that then um yeah it really will be which team is kind of dictating that they're their own way of play and I think uh, yeah certainly if the Chiefs can get an early lead and have to force the 49ers out of their out of their comfortable comfort zone of play um that'll be yeah. that'd be interesting to see how the, the the niners you know combat that but then they might you know jimmy's jimmy can pass the ball like you said he's gonna throw a few up there but you know brady um some has had moments in his career where he's been really locked down but he has thrown it up there too and often just the other team just doesn't get to it so It'll it'll be dependent on how how loose he is with the ball. Like he certainly can throw some really bad wobbly ones as well. So if he is forced to pass it, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that Jimmy's um, he's a chance to still lead them to lead them down the field. But yeah, I think the Chiefs will certainly be looking to knock the knock the Niners out of their comfort zone more than the Chiefs will be happy. Like the the way Mahomes plays and can make plays. They're a little bit more, never out of it. I think yeah. they're a little bit more yeah. adaptable to situational football, whereas the 49ers are probably 
they're a little bit more of a team that has has their their way of playing and um they will be hoping not to have to force Jimmy into too much of those hero situations, I think is how the 49ers will be hoping to play the game. So whereas the Chiefs will yeah. be happy for that. So I that's where it's gonna be won and lost, I think. Um but usually when you say these kind of things on on a podcast or on a radio show, I'm not the only one, ESPN guys, whatever, they uh usually when you say things like this, it goes completely opposite, which is pretty much what right. Pats did to us in the last few years with the Super Bowls anyway. Right. So. And like I don't know. The first quarter of every Super Bowl is really stuffy, it seems like, and it's really like nervy. And so I think often, that really benefits, often zero, zero. <laughs> benefits uh, the Niners quite a bit on because they're a more defensive minded team. So I think that benefits them. It's like if like you can shake Mahomes, who's obviously going to be nervous if you can shake him. But also Mahomes like grew up in cl- like MLB clubhouses, like taking batting practice on. MLB field, so I mean, I mean, I know this is kind of contrary to what I said earlier, but like you said, dude doesn't seem very shook about anything because he's been around professional sports his entire life. Yeah, yeah, and this is it. And we've talked about that with Steph not, not changing sports, but just with Steph Curry, like his um his career, like we we sometimes forget that he was he grew up in the NBA NBA realm as well, like you know, so he was kind of used to it, and I think that's why, apart from his obvious injuries early, he was just very he's always seemed just calm and collected and ready for the NBA. And we forget that it's probably because he just, it's, it's been his life anyway. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'm excited for it. I mean, especially after last year's Super Bowl, excited for some points. <laughs> yeah. uh, last year's Super Bowl was not uh, my cup of tea, but uh, I think I just knew that the Patriots were going to win the whole time and it was just boring. Yeah. I like, you like slowly bled them out, and it was just like a... I've told you before, I think many times in this pod, I've said Bill Belichick grabs some lotion, turns off the turns off the light, lights a candle, and just has <laughs> has a little fun with that those highlights because that is exactly how he's always wanted to win a Super Bowl. I think because it may have been boring. he won it without Brady. Basically, Jimmy G could have played that game. I know he, <laughs> was, he had a torn ACL, but yeah. So I just think Belichick's always wanted to actually he he. He likes it when things go to plan, and maybe they didn't score as many points, but he also held the other team in a Super Bowl to three points, which is unreal. A team that could score points at will at times during last year. So that's why I think Belichick, that's why I love that as a perfect Patriot Super Bowl in that sense, because every other one's gone completely not to plan. It, whether whether they've won or lost, it's been a just a shit show of a game. The most entertaining usually, but, you know, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think we're gonna get a Jared Goff performance out of either of these guys this year, though. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be that'll be a bit on the coaching too. I think. Yeah, as much as I respect McVeigh, I think he he think he froze a little bit last year. But yeah, I think you've got Andy Reid is a is a you know obviously just a veteran um, a coach, and um, he's certainly got his own demons to exercise. Like let's let's see what happens if if clock management comes into it in the last ten minutes. We'll see what happens with Andy Reid there. Um, and then you've got Kyle Shanahan, who's um, been part of a big, uh, a big uh, Super Bowl loss in another in historic Super Bowl loss yeah. for not running the ball. And I think he's going to run the ball down their throats. Like. Yeah. So you know, yeah, you get you got young coach versus old coach, and you've got young coach and both, but both coaches with some Super Bowl history that they'd be hoping to change. So it's there's a lot of a lot of storylines which just make us happy. <laughs> Yeah, especially on a day like today. Yes. You know, we want to be reminded why sports um, can be great. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, let's, so hope, let's, let's hope we're going to get a great Super Bowl. It would be fun to get a great Super Bowl. Um, obviously, I, I, as we said, I did enjoy last year's as a Pats fan, but I can see why. And as a neutral, it was um, not the spectacle, and which is sports. You know, sometimes big games aren't going to aren't always going to be. That's just sports because at the end of the day, the teams on the field are actually just trying to win. They don't care how they get the win. They just want to win, but... Um, right. More often than not, though, with Super Bowls, it, the, luckily for us fans, they often end up being entertaining anyway because that's just what happens. Um, so, especially with a guy like Mahomes out there, and then you've got the young, the, the Jimmy Jimmy G, and all that. Like, there's a lot of um, fun, interesting players on the field, and I just can't imagine a Super Bowl that features Patrick Mahomes being anything but exciting in some sense at some points. So, should be it. Kind of felt like that way with the Rams' offense last year, though. Too, it's like. Yeah, but I mean, it, I, that was that was more up to like it wasn't golf wasn't the key component of that. It was more like Gurley and those guys. And we, I mean, right. we, going into last year, we were already wondering where the Gurley would be because he that that kind of weird injury thing started happening a month or two before the Super Bowl. Whereas, um, 
yeah, Mahomes is the straw that stirs a drink there, and he's he's coming out of the pocket. So I think that's a big difference there is that he's he's going to have to make plays at some point, and that's going to be where the excitement comes from, I think. Yeah, and yeah. it will be exciting either way because yeah. if he doesn't make the plays, it'll still be fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> No, it'll be a good one. I look forward to podcasting about it after with you at some uh, whenever we get on to that. So, yeah. Yeah, who knows when the next one will be coming, but maybe <laughs> even before. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be a live. Yeah, very much. Um, yeah, I guess we can say that because you're, you're both at school again and now working. Um, can we say where you're working yet? Or? I probably shouldn't yeah. just overall, but it's a <laughs> Connecticut-based the journalism outlet. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Shay's Shay's going to be a working man and at school. So we'll be. That's we'll, a couple of weeks from now, though. I moved it back because uh, I thought I was going to die uh, this <laughs> this syllabus week. So, yeah. Um, Fair enough too. Yeah. So um, I'm starting um, the week after the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Um, but, but yeah, our podcast might be a little bit more random, and as far as the timing goes, because we're just going to. Swing them in there whenever we can, really, which is what right. is what we do. But we're we're both flexible-ish in now because I like the time difference actually just strangely works out for us usually because of just how it works. So yeah, um, but yeah, so Super Bowl that'll be fun. We'll podcast yeah. about it after. Um, it'll be I always enjoy Super Bowl week, and I'm I'm just so excited to be a neutral for once. It sounds very spoiled. It's like the <laughs> it's very I, spoiled. I have been very spoiled and. I would love to be watching the Pats again in it, but being as what has happened, I'm just excited to take in the positives, you know. The Pats had a bad year, but take the positives and enjoy. I made the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> we were fucking <laughs> we were fucking terrible this year and still made the playoffs. I don't even, it doesn't that's more a reflection on our crap division. But anyway. I guess the last Yeah. Week, yeah. Uh it's just kind of a slow week this week on sports. I mean and talking about soccer is just boring at this point because <laughs> you guys are running like you guys basically won the league at this point. I'd say. Um, yeah, Vince is going to pod with me on Monday, hopefully, um, or tomorrow. Um, mm. uh, he's got to fly to Atlanta for work or something. He said, but going to hopefully do a hotel room one uh, for him. But yeah, I'm going to. We're going to we'll, we'll we'll wax lyrical about Liverpool. There. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. Probably do some ducks talk and whatnot as well, just to wrap up some. Uh, but then the still got basketball going on as well. But um, yeah, I guess it, it has been a. The, there were some updates. So we we talked about last week, and I don't want to. I'm just going to finish off on this because we've got to. I'm probably going to get off in about fifteen twenty. But um, yeah, we did we did start last week's pod talking about the um the baseball scandal. Um, since then it's just been, it hasn't been too many big things come out, but it's well there has been. There's been a lot of baseball players. There's more and more like you've had a few like Trevor Bauer and stuff coming out this and because baseball came out, so Manfred came out and said, "Oh, we did their official statement saying we didn't find it. We we punished them for the the trash can banging thing, but we haven't found any evidence about the buzzers." So I thought, "Oh, well, I guess that's done then." But then since then, in the last few days, you've had Trevor Bauer and a few others coming out saying, "No, we've heard we've heard word about these buzzers. Like this isn't news to mm-hmm. us. This isn't new news to us." Um, yeah, and so, Bowers an outspoken dipshit, but um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. Mean, was was, mean he's wrong. That does not mean he's wrong. Yeah, I just think he's an outspoken dipshit on a lot of things. But it's it, truth. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems like there's pretty glaring evidence of it. But you know, I, I bet the MLB could. All right, I'm gonna stop right there. Never mind. Um, <laughs> the MLB, I, I don't think they should be done with this story. I think. You know, they're trying to move past it as fast as possible because it is such a unless it's going on everywhere, when then then it's a bigger an even bigger issue and you know. But then we need to <laughs> we need to find out about that too, don't we? Like I'm Exactly, I, 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 but I, I, does I, the MLB I, want us to find out about it or would they rather sweep it on the rug? But then the MLB pitchers you would think would be like, Well, <laughs> I'm gonna need it to be they're, yeah, they're so. not they're not gonna be able to sweep it under the rug when all these players have Twitter accounts and are happy to use them, which is what's happening, so yeah, and more, more yeah. to the point, it's like, yeah, it's if you've got a chance to, this is your fucking open open goal, like the goalkeeper's out of the net, like you can just right, you right. Can, This is the moment if you're going to do something to do it. Like if, if there is an issue with uh, people trying to wear buzzers or or Apple watches back in a couple of years ago, whatever it was, um, you know, this is your chance because the door's already open with the scandal. You know, you can't it can't get any worse if you try to make it better at this moment, like. You know, maybe we find out the Yankees are doing it, the Dodgers are doing it, the the 
the cut the Cubs couldn't be doing it because they were terrible. Um, <laughs> I had yeah, to get that one in there for you. Um, yeah, I know. It, but, I wish we had buzzers. Honestly, <laughs> at this point, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like this is your moment. If you're gonna if you're gonna clean up the sport in in the sense of technological cheating, um, this is the moment to do it. So if you've got evidence of more things happening, clean it up or or do a more thorough, more thorough investigation rather than they do keep trying to do seem to be just going, no, we've fixed it now. It's fine, guys. But all these players keep coming out and saying, no, we think there's more here. And, and when the mm-hmm. players are saying, it's not just, you know, some journalists saying it, it's, it's players saying it themselves. And when your players are half kind of standing at the, standing at the, um, you know, the wheel of the ship and saying, you know, we're, we're ready to mutiny right now. Like, you know, you've got to, you've got to keep going down that path until you've, you, you've found out everything you need to know and have punished accordingly, depending on what these crimes are. And if these, this buzzer thing just doesn't seem to be going away. And I think they really need to have a definitive result on that. And it, I just, I can't help but believe that there is something there. If these players keep saying this and there's all these, this random evidence mm-hmm. like Altuve with his not, don't rip off my jersey because mm-hmm. my wife, my wife will be embarrassed. Like, God, that's yeah. no. <laughs> Circular logic. Um, yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. I, I don't know what to speculate on it because I, again like we talked about last week i don't know how wide reaching it is and like if for years or whatever i can still not pronounce his name but um if uh like he really blew the lid off of it and like other pitchers knew their team was doing it so they were okay with it i, I don't know it's it's a convoluted issue and it's gonna get messier before it gets better i think so we'll see and, and then what kind of suspensions do you even hand out if the buzzers things get caught and do you find the organization and you know you can't take away world series we've already talked about that that the mlb has already come out and said that they're not taking away the Sox or astros world series but it's just like yeah what are we doing you can vacate titles that's the one thing like you can't the one because it was it the la city council passed a resolution saying we want to we want to strip them of their titles and reward them to the Dodgers. I don't think you can. I don't think so. There's been cases in Australia. Uh, there was a salary, salary cap breaching in um, rugby back in the late 2010. Uh, sorry, the what, 08, 09 ish time, I think. Um, the Melbourne Storm. So, rugby league in Australia, the biggest rugby competition here. Um, so, it's no small competition um, as far as Australia goes, anyway. They were found to have some big salary cap breaches, and they had they won like two or three titles in that time. And I think they stripped them of all of those titles. They didn't reward them to the second; they just vacated titles. Right. Um, so that is a step that I I wonder if like if they do go deeper and find out that there was some real like all these players were complete. Which I think they've already found out the players. All the players. There's one. There's one player that's apologized on Twitter the other day or something. And is saying that they all should apologize, and I'm like, these players keep uh, kind of suggesting they knew everything, and yeah, I don't know if they'll ever get to the point of vacating a title. But I, there is precedent for it in the sports world, um, in big sports moments too, because you know that's that's a couple of a couple of years of titles in the rugby league over here that just don't have a winner basically, because and everyone still remembers the Storm as winning those titles, but their official records can't show it, which is a big deal. So. I don't know if baseball would ever do that, but I just thought I'd bring it. I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, that is, there is precedent for it in the sports world to vacate titles uh, based on based on breaches of the rules that were seen as egregious enough to do so. And I think this one is close enough to that point, pending what happens in the rest of these investigations and just how how ballsy Major League Baseball wants to be in making making a statement, which we were talking about last week. They probably should make a big statement if if they want to make sure it's an issue that doesn't happen again. Yeah, and the thing, but the thing about vacating titles is everybody knows that they won them that year. I, it yeah. doesn't take away like the joy that the fans felt during that time. And, oh, you know, there's some. I'm sure there's some Melbourne Storm fans here. That's that they, they. Yeah, they're pretty embarrassed. It didn't. It wasn't a good look for them. Like they. Right. And they and they, they. You don't ever. I don't think you ever enjoy it in the same way because obviously because then if you vac the title gets vacated then you're gonna have the. The uh, people saying, you know, if you're wearing your 2017 World Series winning T-shirt, right. and someone walks past and says, "Oh, because you can get a sharp and put a fucking asterisk on your shirt," like, you know, it's uh, right. Yeah, they, it certainly will not take away from that, but it'll it it it's 
history's you know it'll rewrite history essentially and um i've got a friend here that's uh he i bought him a when i was over there in 2017 i brought him back a uh, uh what did i he got a bellinger i brought him back a bellinger jersey i'm 99 percent sure with the 2017 world series um patch on there and he texted me yesterday or the day before and said um i'm wearing this jersey with a bit more pride these days because like it's kind of that um you know that in sense of injustice now in the Dodgers realm, um, whatever you feel, <laughs> that at least gives it that that jersey. I've got a I've got a jersey in my closet, but Kershaw one that I bought at the same time with the mm. 2017 badge on it. And for a couple of years, I've been like, oh, that was just a waste of time. And now I'm like, that's actually like a jersey with that patch on there. That's got a little bit of history because they'll forever be the team that lost the World Series against a team that was cheating at, to whatever degree they were. Um, and again, we don't know if the Dodgers will ever come out and be found out for the same shit. So, who knows? But at, and certainly in that World Series, I think the Astros are the ones leading leading the charge in the cheating department. So, yeah, it's just an interesting factor in history is how, you know, in ten years, how are we looking back on this based on what's what's uh, what punishments are yet to come out if there are any more that are going to come out. And I just think there will be because this, this story doesn't seem to want to go away. That baseball tried to make their statement the other day, and then. Every day since, there's been more and more stuff still just leaking here and there with players saying what they're saying and whatever. So it's just not going away. Yeah, definitely not. And the season's coming up, so it's just going to be more and more in our face, I think. So yeah, yeah. MLB needs to get a handle on it before the season starts for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing that's about all i got in me. i got to keep it a bit shorter one today because... Uh, yeah, it's all yeah, good. It's a weird day. Yeah, i got to get to work. <laughs> we, we managed through that, so... Um, yeah. yeah, again, sad day for the sports, all of us sports fans around the world. Um, even if you're not a big basketball fan, we all know who Kobe is. So, um, he's a, like we said before, he's a name that transcends sports and culture and everything. Um, whether it be shoes or basketball or, um, winning Oscars, uh, he did, he did a bit of everything. Yeah. So yeah, we will miss, miss the guy in the NBA world as well as just as a, as a human being, um, is, yeah, so Thoughts of the family and yeah. everyone, everyone that's, um, I'm sure there's some fans out there. Um, real, like, um, you know, I'm not even a Lakers fan, but I know some Lakers fans that Kobe was everything to them. Um, and I'm sure they're hurting pretty hard today. So, yeah, thoughts with everyone today. Um, hug, yeah. your, hug your loved ones, do all that stuff. I'm Definitely. Gonna, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll stay sportsgasmic and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see, it, see, you on the, see you on the flip side next time we pod. Yeah, RIP. Well, here he goes. We will now address the fans here at Staples Center one last time. I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stay together throughout. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. I mean, I knew, knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So, to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't, you can't write something better than this. And I'm more proud, I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years. Because we didn't run. We didn't run. We played through all that stuff. And we got our championships. And we did it the right way. And uh, all I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And, uh, you know, what's funny... <laughs> The thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 
20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball on the last night. They're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this, has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And, uh, what can I say? Mamba out.